Hello, this is Part of the Confusion. I'm Paul Arnold. He's Ernest Watts, and we're having a special Super Bowl edition of our podcast. We know our podcast is irregular at times, but aren't we all at times? Well, Ernest, I medicine for that. As did I Kyle Shanahan Should suffer I... from a type of constipation after that game last night? I'm sure he is, but I'm I do believe that he's some of the some of the grief is is well well judged because he did get away from from running the ball, which they had success at. But now, a lot of people are giving him a hard time because you know the players did not know about the new. Uh, overtime, uh, which to me seems to be on the players more than the coaching staff. Yes, I agree. But a lot of people said, you know, you treat it like a college uh, overtime, which you want to go on defense first so you can tell, you know, what you have to do. You can go on fourth down. And I, I don't quite agree with that, the way this was set up. And this was uh, a direct result of the Overtime win that Kansas City had two years ago over Buffalo, in which they got the ball in overtime, and the regular season rules were if you, if you scored a touchdown, that was the end of the game. Anything less, field goal, safety like that, the other team got a possession. So both teams are going to get a possession, but you know, and here's my logic and not putting a lot of grief on Shanahan is that if if the 49ers offense had done their job and scored a touchdown, then the pressure would have been on the Chiefs. And if they'd scored a touchdown, they could have either gone for two or or if they would go with the tie, then it's sudden death. Right. Then a field goal would have won. At first goal would have won with the next possession. So the idea of, of, of going for, you know, going on defense first, I don't entirely agree with. It didn't help that Tony Tony Romo really didn't understand the new rules either, <laughs> and and you know going back twenty some years ago when when we were doing high school football, you know one of the first things that was always drilled in my head is you had to have a rule book. You, the worst thing was if you, if you didn't know the rules, you looked foolish. So and, and you know, at that point, I used to I had a couple of friends of mine who were officials. One's an official in the NFL right now, and I would always check with them every year with the new rules. And I had a little printout because there was like 175 differences between high school and pro and, and college football. So you, you got to know. I think Romo was you know I'm not a big Romo fan. Um, we were texting and David was asking a few questions and, and, uh, he was saying he had the volume down and I was saying, well, then <laughs> you didn't have to hear Romo singing Adele and singing Viva Las Vegas. Right. He got a little full of himself there. Yeah. Somebody the spiked his drink. I think the, today when I was listening to sports radio, going back into work, I felt it was sort of a travesty to focus just on that part of the whole game. I think, you know, Shanahan said, he was interviewed, he says, why did you pick it that way? Why did you um, take the ball first instead of giving the ball to Mahomes first? Therefore, if Mahomes scores a touchdown, you can decide you can go for two or not. And he said, before the Super Bowl, a couple weeks ago, I sat down with my staff, we looked at the new rule, and we decided this was better because this way we got the ball twice. And we didn't want to give the ball twice to Mahomes, like, uh, first and then third. 
And he says, one of the things I've learned over my coaching career, and maybe this is not the best thing, he says, once I make a decision, I stick with that. I don't want to second-guess myself later when I'm in the heat of the moment. So that was his reasoning. He did know the rule. He did that intentionally. And then the sports radio just dwelled on that for uh, 30 minutes when I was thinking, are you curious? You know, you, either way you lose, the fan's going to be upset. You oh, know? yeah. And, like, that was the least. Yeah. To me, that was a mistake. He did a lot of other things. He got away from the his, you know, what got him success in the first half, which was rushing up the middle. And that basically created. Now, he had to go through a lot of injuries. Devo Samuel came on and off the field with hamstrings. Kittle. Kittle. Uh, and, and, you know, there's a lot of injuries there. Greenwald in the defense. Greenwald. Greenwald, I could. You start jumping up and down like that. That's just. I've, I've seen that. There was a kicker. One of the Gramatica brothers did that one time. They jumped up and down after kicking a field goal and blew out their ACL. That's crazy. It can be yeah. that. Tender. Oh yeah, I mean that's 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 if it's how you land in that respect, but but you know again he's got to own it because this is the fourth playoff incident in which he had a double digit lead and lost. He's the offensive coordinator for the, the Falcons the, you know, when they lost the Super Bowl, twenty eight to three, uh, when they played the Rams the year the Rams won the Super Bowl they had a double digit lead at Matt LA. Stafford. And of course, the first Super Bowl was, was uh, Grappolo in that yeah. point in the fourth quarter and this game. So, so here's a theory I'm going to throw out here. Second level stuff, folks. That's what you get here. They were given a, a statistic or a trivia that Andy Reid is always behind going into halftime at Super Bowls. Do you think Andy Reid intentionally pulls back in the first half because he doesn't want to show all his plays yet? Like, of course, one of the most controversial parts of the whole t- night was when Kelsey was so mad at Reed that he actually bumped him. Um, so, my th- do you think that's true? Do you think Reed pulls back, sees what he's got, and then changes at halftime? You think that he'd rather be behind than ahead by three touchdowns? No, it's so at crazy. No, it's just the way the game goes. He, what it shows is he's great at making adjustments at halftime. Obviously, more than Shanahan. He just makes great adjustments. And he's also got the best football player right now playing uh, playing quarterback for him. But I think he, he makes great adjustments. But at the same time, before we, we heap a lot of glory on him, remember they fumbled inside the 20. They fumbled a, a, a punt. Uh, I mean, they made enough mistakes. You know, the big play was an extra point. This is special teams. And all the time we talk about special teams is the third of the game, which is really, really true. And in the first half, and I text you this, I thought the punter <laughs> for for the, the Chiefs was the MVP because he was nailing them back and forth. They, you know, they kept them from winning the field position game. And he was just doing a great job. When you get in, you, you block an extra point, which means all you have to do to go into overtime is kick a field goal. You don't have to score a touchdown. And that was a big momentum change. A guy hits two over 50 yards, but you know, he kicks low and has it blocked. Uh, it's, it's, there were a lot of things. These two teams played 10 times. I believe they would split. I really do. I think it was that. I mean, the fact that it went into overtime was that close a game. 
and you know, you know, situations. Uh, uh, you know, you fumble the ball inside the ten yard line with uh, Pachano and, and running back for the Chiefs. Uh, they can look back and say that they made a lot of mistakes. Uh, Mahomes threw his first interception in a postseason game. Joe Montana was probably dancing up down to that because he still has a record of four Super Bowls and, and no INTs. But there's just a lot of little things. This was not a blowout, and any play, any time could have done. Again, if I'm going to throw anything at the feet of Shanahan, is they got too conservative, and they got away from what was successful, which was running McCaffrey up the middle. Well, this is you're pointing out the big surprise for me this year with the Chiefs that their defense was as good as it was. They have the same coordinators they have last year, but I keep on thinking they're losing players all the time, and yet, and they have so little cap room. I think their defensive coordinator, Spagnolia, deserves so much credit. I think we always give credit to Reed, but they stopped a 49ers game plan somehow. Yes, some injuries, but. They were shutting down the run when they needed to, and they put yeah. pressure on Purdy when they needed to. Yeah, Spags has now won four Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator, and the two that we really remember are the two against the Patriots, especially the year when the Patriots undefeated. You mean the Giants when the Jericho the, yeah, Cruz catch? Yeah, yeah, the Cruz catch. He was the Giants' defensive coordinator, so he shut down the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl, which is – the only Super Bowl losses Brady had, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's he didn't work out as a, a head coach, but as a defensive coordinator. And now remember, four years ago, these two teams met. Chris Jones is the only starter remaining from wow. that. Wow, that's crazy. That's, it's the youngest total defense to ever won a Super Bowl. I heard that statistic today. So can they repeat? Well, they got to pay Chris Jones. He's on a one year, so they got to come. And you saw how disruptive he was. Two incidences on third down that could have easily led to a touchdown. He he pretty much put the pressure on the quarterback. Got in there, and and as tired as he was, he was the defensive MVP more than anybody else for that team. So they got to pay him. They are in a lot better cap shape than the 49ers are. Mm-hmm. Interesting to speak, you know who Vegas has as the favorite for next year? 49ers. Yeah, which kind of kind of wonders, did they actually watch that game? But now they've got some cap problems with the wide receivers. Yeah. They're lucky in that, that Purdy's still in his rookie deal, which was really, really low. Um, you know, only two quarterbacks, you probably heard this already, two quarterbacks from that draft class. Uh, Purdy being one of them, uh, actually have started a playoff game. Who's the other? Hmm. Wow. Two years ago, starting. Uh, not Fields for certain. Uh, oh, Love for the Green Bay Packers. No, that wasn't his draft. Skylar Thompson. Oh wow. Who uh, filled in uh, for the Miami Dolphins last year that went up to Buffalo for the hmm. playoff game? I know that's one of those you could have won. That's like the other amazing one is seven times uh, Mahomes has come back from a seven points or more deficit to win a playoff game. 
Yeah, I like that. You know, the first half he looked like he had happy feet, and then the second half, it was the old Mahomes, and he saves his running to when he absolutely needs to do it when everybody else is covered. I think that's smart. And he never looks like he's running. He looks like he's jogging. <laughs> I know he's fast because the way he's getting downfield, but he doesn't look like he's out of control or his legs are in front of him. He just, just motors on down the field. Just, you know, it's kind of like he's invisible or something. And and we thought that, that, that that's what Purdy was going to do because that's how he sealed the win against the Lions. Now, tell the truth. In the first half you're watching. Yeah. Before you go to bed, Grandpa. <laughs> no, well, you know I went thinking. to bed. I'll be confess is good for the soul. I went to bed in the fourth quarter. I couldn't take it anymore. I was so sleepy. Go ahead, Grandpa. Uh, be answering here. Any times in the first half when those teams, and it was an ugly, sloppy first half. Yeah, it was. You got people coming in and saying, "This is the greatest Super Bowl." It, well, I'm not. Yeah, greatest. No. Fourth quarter and and uh, overtime. But not the great. There's better games. But did at any time did you feel like in your mind go like the Lions could beat any one of these teams? Oh, right? I never. I thought the Lions could have been there and should have been there with their lead. But then again, I never thought Lions would make it all the way to the NFC Championship. So yes, in Detroit news media, as they've been saying, it was sort of bittersweet. Uh, that what a great season. And, and but I think it's good motivation for next year and. I was just watching Ryan Leaf on NFL Good Morning Show, and somebody Boy, brought that's up dipping, that's dipping pretty low for next. <laughs> Go ahead. So, yeah, so they were going around the table telling, and they were saying, you know, next year, you know, Las Vegas has 49ers up there and the uh, Chiefs up there, and then somebody says, yeah, and the Lions. He says, oh, I don't forget that team, and I went, oh, Ryan Leaf talking smack is a little bit. Uh, Ridiculous, I thought. Well, is that any different than, uh, and I'll get the guy's name wrong, the guy in ESPN that was a Lions quarterback. Oh, Orlowski. Orlowski. I mean, He's these ridiculous. are the guys, these are experts. <laughs> these are the guys, I mean, you know, they, they got rid of Trent Dilfer. He had to go find a high school Practice job. Practice experts? What? I mean, yeah, these, these are the guys who are your so-called experts. I mean, <laughs> or R.J. Griffin. I mean, again, you know, We'll find out if, if when Brady next year if he knows anything in that respect. But uh, it was a it was a close game. It wasn't the first half was kind of bad. I mean the commercials were the best part about the first half, but in the second half they hit a rhythm. I think also which hurt the 49ers, and this is brought up every year. They had everything going their way. They had momentum. Everything was clicking. Long and then, then an hour. Uh, yeah, it was it was an hour and twenty minutes clock time yes. between first downs for them, and I think that kind of as fired up as they were in the the first half. I did not see that that emotional involvement in the second. And I think a lot of it has to do, but that's every Super Bowl. I mean, that's it's more the entertainment factor than anything else. So your defensive most valuable player is Chris Jones. Yes. You told me the punter, like we said just briefly, should be the MVP as it was going. Oh, yeah. For the first half, he kept them in the game. It's going to be Mahomes, of All right. Course. So here's a side issue. Last year, they played on a natural turf field that was one of these indoor-outdoor things. They let it grow outdoors, and they bring it in. And they brought it in five days before the game, and it was too slick. 
it was one of the worst fields they said they ever had. Yeah. And the Eagles were complaining. This year they brought in this field like two days before um, the game and the rain had been on it and it should have been soft. I haven't heard of any complaints about this field. Have you seen anything? I didn't see anybody slip. This is also the first one that George Toma did not fix up. And he has like been the groundskeeper for all the other Super Bowls, him and his son. But this year they, they went to a, a different, I think a lot of it had to do with last year with the controversy about slipping and everything. But no, I thought the field held up very, very well. I thought the inside, I didn't think the dome effect was that much. I mean, uh, I this is, you know how New Orleans and, and Miami is part of the regular rotation? I, I, Vegas is going to be it. I just see that. That you're going to see L.A., Vegas, New Orleans, and Miami, and that's going to be your 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 four basic Super Bowl sets up setups from here on out. I don't. I think Vegas will take the place of, of Arizona. All right, here's prediction time. How many Super Bowls will Mahomes have wins before he wow. retires? Okay, if he doesn't hook up with a, a, a Perkins Waitress. Now you gave me that reference earlier, and I'm going. What the heck? You're going Higer. all the way back to... Higer. Well, that's the last time we thought someone was going to break the all-time record was <laughs> Tiger was going to break Jack's record. Okay. Right? And that then he cheated deal. on his wife and got hit on the head with a club and his yeah, knee and, and everything. He messed around with a waitress Perkins in the back of a truck. Now, Perkins is a cafeteria, folks, if you haven't been to... Yes, it's a southern family home-style restaurant. I wouldn't say the waitresses are like... Of any great shakes. Careful, but. careful now. Careful, well, I mean, back it I up. Mean, okay, I mean, there's they're hardworking American ladies. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder, man. That's true, but again, Tiger did have so cold. And some people have better vision addiction. than others. <laughs> so if he doesn't get messed up or something like that, yes, how many does he have? I think he's going to break Brady's record. I, I think he can get or tie at least. That's nine, right? Nine or eight. Hemi's for Brady. Wow, I don't think he's going to break Brady's record. I think it's too hard to keep a team restocked and refocused. But if anybody has the leadership quality of Brady, it's Mahomes. Oh, yeah. And he has that magic that we see with a, a Jeter or, or, or a Jordan or just that. And I don't, it's, it's far without the self destructive personality. Yeah, excuse me. <coughs> Recovering from COVID. Yeah. Well, this, uh, well, we have to be careful, though, because as we say sometimes in the NFL, this is overreaction Monday. Oh, yeah. Well, this is, again, uh, that's why I use the, the, the uh, example of Tiger, because we thought that was going to be a done deal, because he had, he had accomplished all this at a young age also. But that's that ability to galvanize and, and I mean, he has that gunslinger ability, yet that ability that, that he, uh, and I know the Netflix video was prepackaged, uh, the, the quarterback thing, but uh, considering his uh, crazy brother who's been in trouble with the law, his dad who's been in trouble with the law, and his wife, who seems to be a, 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 the newest desperate housewife, he seems to be a pretty stable personality and gets along so well with the, the, the players in that respect. He can keep calm. 
And I know they do, you know, he interacts with the other players, but he doesn't talk smack with the other team. He, uh, like I said, he just seems to have that magic quality. Like I said, if anything would bring him down, it'd be his family. Because except for his mother, they all have problems. But he's in a perfect situation. He's in Kansas City where they're not going to pick his personal life apart. Yeah. Uh, everybody's focusing on his tight ends relationship rather than him. Uh, he's got a great ownership situation. I don't think anybody is more honorable than the Hunts. And I've been very, very impressed with uh, young Mr. Hunt every time they win a championship, how modest he is and how, like I said, he's just like his father. His father was, is, was one of the real stanchions or support of the league itself. So I think he's in a great situation. He's in the Midwest. Uh, I don't think they'll turn on him when they don't win the Super Bowl, and they're not going to win every year. Uh, he's in a, The thing, again, that kind of makes me hesitate a little bit is the status of the conferences in it. In NFC, they would dominate. But you've got, you know, I think Harbaugh's going to make uh, L.A. better. You've got uh, Cincinnati, you've got Baltimore, you've got Miami, you, you know, you've got some pretty powerful, and Buffalo, which I think Buffalo is kind of on the, the back 40, kind of speak. I think, uh, you know, even though the quarterback, Allen, is relatively young, uh, their wide receiver turns 30, a lot of their, their key people are in the 30s. I think Buffalo needs a new coach. As much as Demer- Sean McDermott's done a good work, he, he just needs somebody like... This is a not the best analogy, but um, oh my gosh, the coach in basketball, oh Brown, um, Larry Brown, Larry Brown, he came Larry into the, might take the job. No, well, Larry in <laughs> the Pistons had a good team, but with uh, Carlisle, they just couldn't get over the top. Larry Brown comes in, gets the bad boys going, pushes enough buttons. Some people get upset, but they're motivated and they get over the top. And I think it's like the Buffalo Bills; they have a good, they have really good team but he just doesn't seem I don't know to get the edge on these players but maybe that's overrated now remember Larry Brown's an interesting example to use because <laughs> I love him to death he's a Carolina guy but he comes with an expiration date I he know anytime you bring in somebody the, uh, like that you know it's gonna, not going to last forever but who, 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 who would you like now you're the owner uh, I'm trying to remember their names but uh, oh the Wilson good, family now Wilson family doesn't own it anymore. Okay. It's it's sold to Paluga, the Paluga family. Paluga. They own the Sabres also. Let's you're them who you hire it, who you bring it in. Who's who's gonna be that master motivator? I know a name, but see if you come up with the same one. Uh the guy for Oregon? Lanning. You ever Why? seen him before a game? He goes around and pumps up his players, seems very innovative, young. There have been a lot of success with college guys coming in the pros these days. Okay, who's your guy out of the pro then? Former Titans coach. Oh, Vrabel. I think that could work. Vrabel has that type of forceful personality, and that's a blue-collar town. Yeah. And to sit out there in the cold and watch the games and to get drunk and jump on tables and set themselves on fire, that he would be the perfect individual. So you got to realize my opinion's a little tainted because of Dan Campbell here. At first, we thought he's coming in as sort of a joke, you know, bite the kneecaps, all that stuff. 
And then you start realizing, no, that's really him. He's totally bought in. He wants grit, and he's he won't compromise for anything less. But he will cut players if they're not doing the right things. And that culture paid off. I was surprised. I thought, oh, this is not going to work. But it did. It's it's a Midwestern culture. It didn't work in New Orleans and Miami for him. But I think sometimes teams are reflective of the personality of, of the, the, the community. I mean, look at Dallas. That's new money. So they spend it wildly there. And I think in towns like Green Bay and Chicago and Buffalo and Cleveland and Detroit, you need that, that type of blue-collar uh, type of, of, you know, knockoff, you know, the Bill Cower type of Pittsburgh, too. Pittsburgh's a good mention because Tomlin is that type. At time, you know, knock the chip off my shoulders, the old uh, uh, Robert Conrad, knock the batteries off my shoulder type of thing. So here's a throwback. Well, throw that back. is skewing all. That is a skewing all. <laughs> well, Dicka is an example of that way back when, that he came into the Bears – and they, he needed to get the talent going and people stirred up. And he wasn't a passive guy. He challenged the players. Now, maybe that's old school, and I'm an old guy. So, anyway, um, we haven't even gotten to the halftime show or the commercials yet, which is one of the funnest parts about the Super Bowl. I don't, you're really going to trust me and you to speak about the halftime <laughs> show? Well, okay, let's start there. I, I, I recognize. Do you know who Usher is? Oh, yeah. I know who Little John is. I know who Alicia Keys is. You recognize Ludacris when he came in? I'm uh, yes, Ludacris more from his commercials, but when he uh, came in wearing that outfit that looked like a bad fitting football helm, football gear, uh, I actually said that's Ludacris. Literally, take, <laughs> take a glance at how they dressed for halftime, and then look at the Globo uh, 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 team and uh, what is it? Uh, Oh, the Vince Vaughn movie. What's the ball? Uh, dodgeball. Oh, dodgeball. Yeah, they, they did they had, look like dodgeball. They look like the Globo team <laughs> on dodgeball with the blue and the black uniforms. Yeah. So, so you watched the whole halftime show, right? I endured it while did I did Did you recognize things. more than one song? Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. He burned through those songs, favorite. though. Oh, yeah. They put them on a timer. I mean, to get everybody in there, I guess that's why they put them on skates. Yeah, the skate thing... I first of all, my takeaway was Usher is an incredible dancer. I think he's a better dancer than singer. Unbelievable, and the skate thing was very cool. Uh, second of all, Alicia Keys I think stole most of that. Ha- I mean, the part she was in that was really cool. The way that worked out, um, but it the was red, the long red cape. What was the halftime of uh, insurance sales ladies? I mean, because you had Alicia Keys who speaks the voiceover for Allstate. Yeah. And then H-E-R. you had then H.E.R., her, do, who does the voiceover for uh, Nationwide. So, Did th- you notice the pole dancer that fell off the pole in the middle of it? No. Really? Look at the video of it. Yes, there's one of the pole dancers who just goes flopping down <laughs> in the middle of it. I, mean, I did notice just, that. So what did you think off. of Usher when he ripped off his shirt and showed his guns? Uh, Janet Jackson's going, how can he get away with this? And I get incriminated for the rest of my life. Yeah. That was the first thought in my mind is poor Janet Jackson sitting there and going, what? He can do that and I can't? Yeah. Her and Justin Timberlake are sitting there going, yeah, I guess times change. Yeah, times change. It's, it's, you know, a lot of young people are going, who are these old performers? And I'm sitting there going, 
what? These are old performers? <laughs> are the people I want. I half expected, you know, we all expected Taylor Swift to pop up somewhere in that. I mean, I guess she didn't want to do it for free. No, no, no. She doesn't need it for her publicity. I think sometimes halftime shows are for people to say, hey, I'm still here. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, they, they buckle in. I think it was Apple Music this time. It's a way to sell product more than anything else. I did recognize a few of the songs, uh, basically because uh, that little John, yeah, I've heard that a thousand times. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, but you know, it was nothing offensive for anybody. No, nothing so, offensive. It, it was... Good dancing. So, on a scale of one to ten, where does this rate? Four, maybe. Whoa, only four. Well, it's not my type of music. It's it's not. I was listening to the radio this morning. They were contemplating that it's been twenty five years before they had a country performer on it now. Ooh. And <coughs> excuse me again. Uh, they had you know, Reba right, singing right. the national anthem, and I thought she did a good job. She zipped through it. She got the under on the the bet <laughs> on how long it would take. Really, her. I didn't know there was an under. And uh, Post Malone, I thought, did a wonderful job. Very respectful, of America the Beautiful. Uh, yeah, do enough songs to start the thing out with, and then they introduce the poor guys who do the uh, for the deaf, who and then you never see them again through the entire thing. You don't get to see them in the corner like court TV or something like that. But, I mean, it was, you know, I'm sitting there going, when is the commercials coming? When are the commercials? Because they usually run the good ones in the first half. Yeah. Second half is when you get those PSIs from the NFL and all the good things they're doing and working towards preventing concussions and all that stuff. All right. So the commercials, do you know which was rated the top one? I heard it on the radio coming home. I've heard such varying degrees. I've heard some people say the Dunkin' Donuts, and I've heard people trash it. Yeah. I've heard the, is it Verizon? Is that the one? Yeah, Verizon. I heard it been, tra the one with Jason Momoa, and then the ones with uh, the guys from Suits and, the, and, the, and the, uh, uh, Cooper and his mother. <coughs> Excuse me again. I'm sorry. I edited that out. Um uh, well, so what was what was the top ones? I know the ones I liked. Yeah, Nabaz, Nabaz, Nabaz. <laughs> and then when Danny DeVito Austin shows up, it was yeah. such a flashback to the movie Twins. And I think I like commercials that are funny and and then throws back to older times where you say, oh, I remember that movie, or just the timing of Danny DeVito is so great. And even yeah, Arnold yeah. has great timing. You know they. Did that twice, and on the second time, didn't have DeVito. They had him in a helicopter, and he does a "Get me off the chopper," which is <laughs> a, a fade back to Predator. Right, you're to the chopper. Um, I kind of liked um, the the um, oh man, I've just forgotten his name. Uh, and Usher's in the commercial too. Oh, uh, Christopher, Christopher Walken, Walken, everybody making fun of him. Doing an impression, yes, and he takes it pretty good in that respect. He takes it pretty good. He took, you know? Yeah, he's got the money. He it pretty good. He got the money. But, uh, you know, I, I held in for the, the movie previews, which, you know, I'm, I'm waiting for. They've actually changed the name to Deadpool uh, and uh, Wolverine. And you had to go. They only showed a teaser. You had to go online to see the full one because it's, it is not for public consumption. 
but it just the full ones just uh, I mean I'm I'm entirely psyched. We have uh, people have been on the internet taking that trailer apart, like the Dead Sea Scrolls, <laughs> looking for all kind of because there's all kind of different characters. Pyro from the X Men is in it. Uh, Sabretooth, they show him. They show Electra, which is Jennifer Garner. She's in it. And they go back to the TVA, and it's just the, all kind of little things. And either you see Professor X or you see his sister, who is the opposite, evil. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. And they got so many inside jokes because have you seen it? Have you seen the, the full trailer? I know it's shocking to you, but I've never seen a Deadpool movie. And I, I'll make you choke for certain. And I've never seen a preview of any of them. Uh, he comes in and uh, they want him to save the Marvel Universe. So he says, I'm going to be Marvel Jesus. And when they're fighting, there's a crumbling sign of Fox, which you know Fox merged with Disney. Mm-hmm. And there's an off-color joke and he stops and says, well, I've done that quite a few times, but I don't know about Disney. So it's it's wide open. It will be R-rated. Um, you know, I just hope my my hopes for are as good as I think. Uh, I have no interest in Twisters. I didn't recognize any of the cast. And then, of course, I've got two tornadoes at the same time. <coughs> Excuse me. Sounds like a bad sci-fi network sounds like let me maybe i need to edit this but ernest you want to go get a, a cup of water and i'll wait for a second wait a second how about a cough drop there we go all right i got it i'll just get low there uh the planet of the apes i don't know how much more you can do with that that didn't show me a lot of interest also i know a lot of people got excited by wicked which led to the over-under of Jeff Goldblum being in three commercials know, for halftime. I know. That was funny. I mean, it's a, it's a Goldblum renaissance, I guess, in that respect. He's so never I, totally gone away. Being a little freaky has its way. That's it. That's it. Being a little bit odd. Uh, a lot of people talked about the Aniston and, and the Friends type of thing. I enjoyed the Mountain Dew Blast just to have Audrey plaza and her flat tone saying i'm having a blast <laughs> and yeah. then have ron coming in on a, uh, another dragon saying i too am having <laughs> that dead tone flat type yeah tone. It was very good i know they had a parks uh, they had uh, uh tina fey and everybody from her show which i i kind of expected alec Baldwin to be on the horse instead of glenn close so that was a little disappointing. I mean, it's it's celebrities. You're going to see that, right? Who is the most you're happiest to see at the Super Bowl as a celebrity? Oh, you mean in the crowd? Yeah, in the crowd. Oh man, Joe Montana. <laughs> Not Joe Montana, but Joe Montana. <laughs> Joe Montana. He looked pretty good. I was interesting. You know, when they did the introductions at the beginning, they had a star from each team, and, and Jerry Rice uh, introduced the 49ers. I thought, well, is Montana going to do the the Kansas City? Oh, and, uh, ooh, that's uh, deep cut. No, it, it, was, uh, it was Tony Gonzalez. Yeah. Did you see the beginning of the broadcast? They did an homage to The Hangover 
with the CBS crew? No, I didn't see that. They did an homage, and uh, Nick Burleson wakes up, and he's been missing a tooth. And it's everything just like the beginning of, and they can't find uh, uh, Brown. <laughs> so they think he's on the roof. Have you ever seen the, have you seen the Hangover? No. Oh, wow. This is completely over. Okay. In the Hangover, they go, and they look in the bathroom, and there's a lion. A tiger. It's Mike Tyson's tiger. And they don't remember the night before because they, they got uh, all took date rape drugs. They, they took a GHP. And uh, they're looking, and instead of a lion, uh, it's Jerry Rice. And they go, oh, what's in the bathroom? He said, a goat. <laughs> but but, but, but it, was, it was well done. They actually called in one of the people from the stars, of, of, not Cooper, but helped them find Brown in that respect. And they all get off the, I know you've seen the meme of them all in the elevator uh, with one of them with a baby and a baby uh, Bjorn. No. And it's, 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 uh, well, those of you in the, who know that <laughs> are listening to us, and they had Bill Cower with the baby and the baby Bjorn in the elevator. Right. So, <coughs> promise last call. Promise. promise yeah. <laughs> Ernest has had some uh, rough days health wise. So, this oh, is the first Thanksgiving. I haven't been well since Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah. So he just needs some stuff. sunshine and baseball. That's what he needs. Yes. I need light. I need light. Need, I need yeah, light. light. Yeah. So, that's most of our Super Bowl talk for this year. Um, the way too early predictions for next year, Ernest. This wow! This Coming past year, you you want you thought the Chargers and the Eagles and the Eagles were in there. So yeah. ba ba ba. Uh, uh, I I don't think I did much better. I think I said uh, Eagles and Chiefs. I think you got one of them. That's what you I got think. The it, well, when you go chalk, you have better chance of getting fifty percent correct. So. Well, I don't see the 49ers coming back. I just see the Chiefs. I see the old three-peat thing. I see uh, Pat Riley trying to sue them for three-peat. <laughs> yeah. So you think Chiefs and who? Lions? 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 No. Boy, if I say Cowboys, I really look bad. Oh, your son would love it, though. <coughs> he would. Uh, wow. I don't think the Eagles... Process of elimination. Uh, boy, this is make my daughter-in-law feel good. Green Bay. Okay, Green Bay. Green Bay and Kansas City. So Green Bay and Kansas City. Wow, that's that's a, the first Super draft. Bowl. Is that the first or second? Super that was Bowl? the first one. Yeah, I thought so. All right, there you go, Max folks. Max McGee uh, catching a pass from having a hangover the night before. Yeah. You know the story, Max McGee was the wide receiver, he was second string, and it went out, and him and Paul Horning got bullish. Because they didn't think they were going to play. Didn't think they were going to play. Well, Carol Dale was the wide receiver, he got injured, and like 30 minutes before the game, he finds out. And he catches a nice little pass from Bart Starr, which he had to reach behind himself. Because the game was 14-10 at halftime. It was a very close game. <coughs> and then they rolled in the second half. But, yeah, that was the first one. Oh, this is a rematch. Yeah, It's interesting how those rematches always tend to stay the same. Every time, you know, uh, the Cowboys played the Bills, they would win. 
every time, um, you know, the Chiefs and the 49ers, it's been the Chiefs. I think only one time did uh, the Steelers lose to the Cowboys. Might have. Boy, this is 50, 57 of these I've watched. Was this wow. the 57th? All right. Well, Ernest, we're going to wrap this baby up. I oh, think one, one more to add. We have one more thing to add. Okay. Now, here's the question. came from your, your son question and wondered about when the clock was running out in the first yeah. overtime period. Why didn't they call timeout? Why didn't they? And I have seen two overtime games in my lifetime in the playoffs that went to the second overtime. First was 1971. It was the Chiefs and the Dolphins. And at the end of the first period, it's treated the same as the end of the first period and the second period in that they just reversed sides of the field. Also in 1977, the Colts and the Raiders went to second overtime. That was Ghost to the Post, a pass to uh, Dave Casper from Ken Stabler. And at the end of the first overtime, they just reversed to the other field. At the end of the second, if it goes into a third, you will have a kick again. It And literally, the official told you that because he said this will be a second, a new game. Mm. And it starts off like a new game. Mm-hmm which means you wouldn't have another kickoff until the end of the second overtime period, which no one's ever gotten that far. The longest was the Kansas City-Miami game, which was on New Year's Eve in 1971. Ed Podolak had 200 yards total offense rushing and passing. And McCaffrey set a record for the only person ever to have 75 yards receiving and 75 yards rushing in the Super Bowl, mm. which is unique. And how much more if they'd actually stuck with running the ball with them. Right, right. Yeah, it was a boring game, slap of paint in the first half. But I hear the second half was pretty decent. So Oh, yes. Go. It'll be on NFL a thousand times, NFL channels. So you can watch and catch it there. So, all right, Ernest, the final few minutes, what – Things oh, do you, somebody wow. die this week, or a movie <laughs> you want to review, or what? Um, a movie, a movie. Okay, let me think. What did I? Uh, oh, I watched the Marvels, uh, which is probably I don't think the it deserves worst. the time on the podcast, even. Does well, it? particularly because they steal the plot from Spaceballs. They try to steal water from another planet and air. They just don't have the giant vacuum cleaner like Mel Brooks had. <laughs> Underrated classic. If you gave a choice to sing Spaceballs or the Marvels, go with Spaceballs. <laughs> Much better movie. Um, Mel Brooks probably the last good movie that he did, but still with us. Hopefully, by the time this podcast goes. But uh, again, that's that. I'm watching The Expanse, uh, which is five years, was done on. Sci-Fi Network and, and Amazon. It's a Canadian series, which, which is very intriguing in that respect. And I'm watching um, uh, the uh, Steven Spielberg on Apple, uh, the airplanes. Uh, Masters that. of the Air. Oh, man, it is so good and so realistic. Uh, it is as good as uh, Band of Brothers and the Pacific, which is the same crowd that did it, but focuses all on the aerial conflict in Europe theater. A lot of people don't realize 
that the Brits would bomb at night, which was safer. Americans would only bomb in the daylight because we did strategical bombing. We would only bomb uh, military targets, uh, factories that made military equipment, whereas the Brits just bombed everything, schools, kindergartens, no matter what. And this was a big bone of contention, and it's really talked about in this series. But the Brits were actually invaded. They were attacked. They had aerial attacks on them. And their whole attitude is there's no rules of war. We tried to fight uh, a civilized, and it cost us a lot more in planes and lives of individuals. I also finished a nice book called The, the Mosquito Bowl. It was uh, a group of about uh, 60 ex-college uh, and professional players that on Iwo Jima played in a, a uh, tackle football game for entertainment before the uh, attack on uh, Guadalcanal and uh, the attack on uh, Guam. And of those 60-some, 40 of them died uh, in Guam mm. and equally, uh, uh, in the Pacific Theater. But it's a, it's a fascinating tale of the sacrifice. And all these guys were under the age of 25 and the sacrifice they made and none of them ever questioned it. Uh, they questioned Superior, but it, it's it's the same guy who did the uh, Ten Orphans and several other fine football books. It's it's a fine tale. It's called The Mosquito Bowl. If you get a chance to uh, read it. Hey, I did a book, did a movie, and did a TV series. Not bad. Hey, trifecta. All and no one died. <laughs> Well, that was pretty good, and you made it through a podcast, Ernest, so we're on a roll now. Yeah, I just got to edit out all those coughs. It'll yeah. be all right. It'll be all right. People didn't understand. So, well, we appreciate you listening to Pardon the Confusion, and Super Bowl was fun. Uh, in a couple of weeks, maybe we'll do another podcast and tell how we're withdrawing from football. What college football, do? hockey, college football, no. hockey, the World Football League. No, no, college basketball. The time is now. So, yeah, and, you're, and, and, and you, I know you have plenty to talk about with your heels. So, oh yeah, it's it's again fascinating that the real stars are in women's basketball. Caitlin Clark uh, with Iowa. Uh, so. We can talk about that. I went to a, a women's basketball game, Michigan against Rutgers, last Saturday. So, folks, tune in to us again. We'll put another podcast up. So if you want to reach me, reach me at gobluearnold at gmail.com, especially if you want to give me free national championship gear. Uh, Just kidding. I'll get my own. So for Ernest Watts, this is Paul Arnold. Have a good night.